G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. God always gives His very best to those that leave the choice with Him. To those that say, not my will, but yours be done. God always makes wise choices because His knowledge is limitless. Pastor Greg Laurie invites us to let Him choose for us. Don't ever be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. Don't ever be afraid to say to the Lord, you choose for me, because God will make a choice far greater than any choice you will make for yourself. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. All of us like to choose for ourselves. We like to have a sense that we're in control of what happens. But in the timeline of our lives, our view is limited to the here and now. God knows what's just around the corner, and the next corner, and the one after that. Pastor Greg Laurie advises it's best to let the Lord be the Lord of our lives and let Him choose for us and direct us as to which way we should go. Not only will He choose the wisest path, but He'll walk with us along the way. to face the three C's of life. Challenges, choices, and consequences. Again, challenges, choices, and consequences. Those challenges may come as an opportunity or a temptation. The hardest thing to learn in life is which bridge to cross and which bridge to burn because choices are important as we will see in the story before us. Here we have side by side two believers, Abraham and Lot. One, Abraham, most of the time made the right choices in life, and the other, Lot, made a series of wrong choices that he lived to regret, which just goes to show that your choices do matter. So here's Abraham and Lot. They've acquired great wealth. Abraham was content with his lot, but Lot wanted a lot more. (laughs) And Lot made his choice, and it was certainly the wrong one. How did he end up in the worst city on earth, Sodom and Gomorrah? If you're taking notes, here's principle number one. He looked the wrong way. Verse 10, Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered like the land of Egypt. Genesis 13, verse 10, he looked the wrong way. Notice that Lot's point of reference was Egypt. And why was he drawn to Sodom? Because Sodom reminded him of Egypt. So what's your point of reference? Lot looked around, saw Sodom and Gomorrah, and he took the first step down. And by the way, this was not a casual glance. The phrase looked means he looked with longing. Have you ever looked with longing at anything? Like, I want that. That car on the showroom floor, that outfit in the window, 
that attractive girl or guy. Whatever it is, oh, he looked with longing. I want that, I desire that. So it started with a look. Instead of lifting his eyes up to heaven, Lot lifted his eyes to the plain of Jordan. Verse 10, he took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley. Listen, the eyes see what the heart loves. Abraham had taken Lot out of Egypt, but apparently you couldn't get Egypt out of Lot. An outlook determines outcome. Abraham walked by faith, world changers do. Lot walked by sight. His second step down was Lot separated himself from godly influence. Now, this was a good thing for Abraham, but a bad thing for Lot. And a sure sign of spiritual decline is when we find ourselves wanting to get away from godly people. When you're thinking about people to be around or maybe take your vacation with or spend extended time with and you want to be around believers, that's a good thing. When you want to avoid believers, that's not a good thing. Number three, his third step down was he moved his tents to a place near Sodom. Genesis 13, verse 12. He moved his tents to a place near Sodom. Fascinated by the freewheeling lifestyle and their disregard for God, Lot thinking he could handle it, edges even closer. Now if you were to ask Lot at that point, hey man, what are you doing? Why are you moving close to this wicked city? He might have said, well, you know, I don't approve of what they do, but uh, there's a lot of opportunities and I could go in there and influence people and probably do a lot of good. Yeah, maybe you could and maybe it will influence you. That depends on you. Now there's a twist in this story. Sodom is attacked by another army from another city. And of all things, Lot is taken hostage. He's not even a real citizen of Sodom, but he's taken hostage because he's in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. So what does Abraham do? Hey, check it out. Abraham the warrior. He gets an army together of his servants. They go over and they get Lot free from this king and bring him back again. That's amazing. So how does Lot show his gratitude toward his heroic uncle? He moves to Sodom. If it wasn't bad enough to be living near Sodom, now he moves to Sodom. You know, sometimes God will send warnings to get our attention. We're just getting a little too close to sin and there'll be those little warnings like, you shouldn't be doing that. That relationship with that coworker at work a member of the opposite sex, is getting a little too close. Uh, that habit you have of stretching the truth so you tell another lie to cover up the lie you previously told. And if you don't watch out, you could end up like Lot. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. And he's helping us to compare and contrast the lives of Abraham and Lot considering how Abraham's choices took him on the right path while Lot's took him down the wrong path. It's part of his series, World Changes. Let's continue. And that brings us to his fourth step down. Lot went from the frying pan into the fire. Genesis 19.1, he sat in the gateway of Sodom. So first he was looking at Sodom as a point of reverence because it reminded him of Egypt, a place he should have never gone. Secondly, he has his tent near Sodom, and now he's actually moved into Sodom. And according to Genesis 19, he's in the gateway of Sodom. Now we could very easily miss what that meant. 
To be in the gateway meant that you were in a place of leadership. The leaders would serve near the gate. That's sort of where headquarters were. So now Lot is sort of like an elected official. He, he's a leader in Sodom. He could have tried to influence them, but apparently they were influencing him more than he was influencing them. Now Jesus did tell us where to go out into this world and be both salt and light. We're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Some are salt, but they're not light. What does that mean? It means they live it, but they don't proclaim it. They live it, but they don't proclaim it. Others are light, but they're not salt. They proclaim it, but they don't live it. I guess if I had to choose, I'd rather you live it and not proclaim it than proclaim it and not live it. Better yet, live it and proclaim it, right? But Law was neither. Uh, he was a prototype of a compromising believer. In fact, we get a little commentary on him over in 2 Peter 2. It says, Lot, nearly driven out of his mind by the sexual filth and perversity, was rescued, surrounded by moral rot. Day after day, that righteous man was in constant torment. Yeah. So there he was in this wicked place, surrounded by all kinds of perversion. But listen, no one was holding a gun to his head. Of course, guns hadn't been invented yet. No one was holding a an arrow to his head, I don't know, whatever, sword. He could have walked away at any time, but he chose to stay there. So here's where it gets really creepy. One day, the Lord dispatches some angels who are gonna go now and deliver Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah. So the angels are, are walking around. And the people of the city see them. And the angels end up at Abraham's house. And by the way, angels, when they made appearances, uh, sometimes we read of them having wings, but in general, they appeared as men. By the way, there's no female angels in the Bible. I hate to break that to you. Because <laughs> we always say, she's as pretty as an angel. Actually, angels are dudes in the Bible, so that's reality. <laughs> so anyway, the angels are walking through. The people of Sodom and see him. Wow, those good-looking guys. So they show up at the door of Lot. In Genesis 19, you don't have to turn there, you can if you want. Verse five, they shouted a lot. Who are the men that came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. That's a literal translation, inaccurate. Lot stepped aside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begs, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Do with them as you wish. Just leave these men alone. They're under my protection. The angels are like, oy vey. This guy, he's lost contact with reality. We gotta get him out of here. Lot, you're coming now. Well, I need to stay and wrap up a few things. No, you're leaving now. Let's go. Grab your family, let's go. So Lot goes and warns his sons-in-law, judgment is coming on Sodom and Gomorrah. What did they do? They laughed in his face. You know why? Compromisers don't reach anyone. Nobody cares about a compromiser. You're living the Christian life as you ought to live and the non-believer laughs at you because you won't even stand up for your own beliefs. And so they dismissed him out of hand. So Lot now is leaving Sodom and Gomorrah unwillingly with his wife and with his daughters. And you know the story. As they're on their way out, the angels say, don't look back. But Lot's wife looks back. And by the way, that's an intentional looking, not a casual, whoa, what's going on? But it was like, in complete disobedience, she turns into a pillar of salt and he gets out with his daughters. And that's, by the way, why Jesus said, remember 
Lot's wife. And then if things aren't bad, they get even ickier because after they get out, Lot's daughters have sex with him and they become pregnant. One of them gives birth to a child named Moab and he became the father of one of Israel's worst enemies, the Moabites. Hey, having some fun now. This is why I like the Bible. The Bible's so honest. When something horrible happens, it tells you. When something wonderful happens, it tells you. It's all here. So these are the consequences of choices. Again, you make your choices and your choices make you. Lot got out of the city by the grace of God, by the hair of his chinny chin chin. He could have stayed there and been destroyed with them, but before the destruction, the Lord came and delivered him. But meanwhile, Abraham made the right choices. Now we read these words in Genesis 13. Then the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, look around and see the land that God has given you. Check it out, son, friend. This is all yours. After he separated from Lot. You see, while he was with Lot, he was sort of worn down. He wasn't where he ought to be. Now he obeys God and now the Lord speaks to him again. Lot lifted up his eyes to see what the world had to offer. God invited Abraham to lift up his eyes and see what heaven had to offer. Abraham offered Lot the best land, but God gave to Abraham the entire land. He would have it all. Yeah, he made some sacrifices. He lost Lot and to the point. Abraham kind of liked Lot. He had an affection for him. He lost that. He made a sacrifice. But listen to this. God always gives his very best to those who leave the choice with him. Let me say that again. God always gives his very best to those that leave the choice with him. To those that say, not my will, but yours be done. One day Jesus was with his disciples. They were talking about how much they had given up to follow him. And Jesus made this amazing statement. We read that they blurted out, we've left everything to follow you. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth. No one has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will fail to receive many times as much in this age and also in the age to come, eternal life. So what have you given up to follow Jesus? Maybe you've given up pleasures of this world. Maybe you've given up relationships with old friends that were dragging you down. Maybe you've given up vices or addictions. Maybe you've given up whatever you've given up. Here's what God says, I'm gonna make it up to you. I'm gonna make it up to you in this life and I'm gonna make it up to you in the life to come. You have my word on that. It's God's trade-in deal and it's really good. So don't ever be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. Don't ever be afraid to say to the Lord, you choose for me because God will make a choice far greater than any choice you will make for yourself. Because you see, we don't have all the information. We don't see everything. We just see that little moment that we're in. God sees the bigger picture. He sees the ultimate goal. And you can let Him make that choice for you. So here's my question in closing. Are you a world changer like Abraham or are you being changed by the world like Lot? The choice is yours. Again, you make your choices and your choices will make you. The biggest choice of all is, of course, the choice about Christ. And it's an either or choice. I either choose to follow Jesus or I choose to reject Jesus. So you say, well, let me ask you this. If I become a Christian, will I have to give up anything? Yes, you will. 
I won't lie to you. They'll have to give up misery, an ever-present guilt, fear of death, that big hole in your heart. You have to give it all up. God will give you His joy, His peace, the hope of heaven. He'll fill that void inside of you. Pretty good deal, I'd say. But there are other things you give up as well. But whatever you give up, God will more than make it up to you. There might be some of you here that have never made the choice for Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to Jesus. And by not choosing Him, by not saying yes to Him, you are automatically saying no to Him. And I don't think you want to do that. So I want to give you an opportunity to choose Him. Remember, God says, I set before you life and death, blessings or curses. Choose life that you may live. He tells you the options and He tells you what to do. Do the right thing. And if you've not chosen Jesus and asked Him to come into your life, you can do it right now. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word to us. Thank You for Your love for us. And now I pray for any that do not yet know you, Lord. Help them to see their need for Jesus and help them to believe in you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's Pastor Greg Laurie and a closing prayer. And if you know that you need to make a change in your relationship with God, today's a great day to do it. And Pastor Greg would like to help you right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for His forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want Him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And we'd love to follow up with you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you to get started living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet and you contact us on 1-800-00-5011. Well, tomorrow we focus on Abraham's family life. We'll consider the failures and successes of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Tune in same time tomorrow for more from Pastor Greg's series called World Changes. Now, if you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it's available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search The Choices of a World Changer. Go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.